We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Had an ending to the season. Um, good morning, Jack. No, no, not good morning. Okay, well, uh, you know, this... <laughs> I'm just gonna answer the question right off the bat. No, the, the question being it's, Bobby it's, Portis mid level. Look, look at look at the meme I tweeted, Jack. Under under that. <laughs> Hold on, guys. Let me let me get the show introduced for the pod audience or for whoever's gonna listen to this later. Whoever's gonna get here late. Uh, welcome to our uh, Spotify Green Room show. Today we're going to talk about Bobby Portis, and as a mid-level exception option for the Heat this off-season, uh, the homie Adam Borai uh, has been kind of pushing that agenda. Our good friend Leif, as well, has kind of hinted at some of this. So I thought we'd talk about it. The season ended. Bobby had a big game. You know, happy for him. I mean, that's really cool, right? Like when you're kind of this like you know role player who has like this big game in a closeout i mean we've seen that as heat fans and like you know i, I thought of deshaun stevenson uh in in 2011 for the Mavs. That, that must be like a really cool feeling for a guy like bobby to have that kind of moment and then <laughs> the foul that wasn't a foul and uh that was pretty fucked up when he when they called him for that foul and they gave him the tech which was ridiculous and then devin did like good. the same thing after and they didn't tech Devin up. I thought Jack. I got. I thought that was very Scott Foster. No, fuck that. Fuck Bobby <laughs> Portis. He deserved it. He shouldn't have run that far. Right. That right. was my favorite High thing. Stepping. It was like the three pump rule from that Keen Peel sketch where they're like, <laughs> yes. where, where Jeff Van Gundy was like, yeah, they're gonna let him run a little bit, but he ran a little too far. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what? What is the line? He can run like right. five feet, but he can't run ten feet. Yeah, that's it. no. It's, it's five to six. Once you cross the six, once you, once yeah, you take the six step, then it's over the line. Then right. it's just disrespectful. I no. thought it was funny. I laughed. It I was very it was funny. funny. It was no, funny. it was funny. It was funny. It was funny. And then his face, and then he got into it with CP later, later down, which also was very funny because he's like twice Chris's size. 
So that was like the visual of that was really funny. But I, I really I kind of want to I kind of want to key in and focus because he's you know we've talked a lot about Miami's kind of void at the power forward spot, and Bobby you know. I think let's talk about some of his warts. Let's talk about some of his strengths. And let's talk about how he could fit on the C team if they so choose to use the whole mid-level exception on him. Now, I guess let's start with, with the offense because I think offensively the fit makes sense, right? He's a shooter. He's not afraid to shoot. And Miami has had their fair share of guys that are afraid to shoot. And I think Jay, one of the reasons why he fits so well offensively is that he was not shy. Right, he put him up. So Bobby's a guy that can attack switches. I think throughout this entire playoff run, the one thing you can't call him is shy. And when he got a small dude on a switch, he was ready to go, put that dude in the hurt chamber. Is a good shooter, a willing shooter. Uh, ha- has a little bit of bounce off the dribble. Obviously not an elite off-the-drive creator, but has enough in which you can have a good shot diet, especially off dribble handoffs. So, Jack, I'll start with you. Like, do you like the fit offensively? Like, we're not even going to talk about price or anything, but just, like, in a vacuum, do you like his fit offensively with Miami? Yeah, I I don't hate it. Um, It's fine. It's not my ideal guy to put next to Bam offensively. But, no, like, for all the reasons you said, it works on that end. That's definitely not the the – the side of the floor that I'm concerned about with signing Bobby Portis, but yeah, I mean, he's a good player. I'm a fan of his. And I think if he did come to Miami, he'd be a fan favorite pretty quickly. Um, just in terms of offensively and just in terms of, you know, personality, he's a great fit, but there's the other stuff that I don't like. Well, I don't know if, I mean, playmaking is obviously not a skill for him. And I think Tiff, you know, Spo likes to have five guys on the floor who can make a play, right? Mm-hmm. So at their best, when it was like Jay, Bam, Jimmy, Drogic, uh, plus whichever other player was playing well at the time, they, they would have really five guys on the floor who could make the right pass, can make the right play. So I think if you're going to look for Bobby's weaknesses, it's kind of some of that. It's some of the decision-making. It's kind of what, you know, we saw a little bit of it all last night, kind of the bad decisions, the immaturity. Right. Uh, all that stuff. I still think he's not the worst option. Now I'm not like a huge fan of it, but I, I do think that they're that they're gonna have to take a look at him and and maybe some of those weaknesses are glaring. I don't know. Um, I don't think they have to take a look at him. I think <laughs> I think we just keep getting caught up in moments. Like, dude is decent. He had a good game last night, but like, let's not like let one game, bes- like fool us all into trying to make him what the Heat need him to be. The Heat need to get players that can do what they need them to do and stop taking players who can, oh, he can score, but he's horrible at decision-making. He's a turnstile on defense most of the time. Like, what are we doing here? Like, this is if this is if this is like what we're doing, then we've messed up along the way. Like, no shade to him or anything. He's a champion. Good for him. But, like, <laughs> he ain't high on my list. I'm trying to win now. Now we're immature players. Now we're defensive turnstiles. Like, come on. We can't do this. So somebody will say, well, the Bucks just won with him playing big with big, a big role. But here's the thing. They also have a Giannis and a Drew. We don't have either one of those. We have a Bam and a Jimmy. But okay, 
and I'm going to say it one more time. We don't have a Drew, and Drew and Jimmy are not the same, which means, one, you don't have a commander of your offense, so you don't have a point guard, right? Boom, you don't have that. You don't have somebody that's going out there literally giving you 40 and 16 boards. You don't have it. When you have somebody like that, you can afford to take a chance on somebody who's a space case a lot on defense. Like, you, we, we got to stop pretending our players are who they are and stop pretending that free agents are who the Heat need them to be. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. I do think that – I'm not like a Bobby guy, right? Like, I'm not – if they sign Portis, I, I'm with you. Something probably went wrong, and, and that was a plan, like, C for them. He's not – you know what I mean? So right. I do think that, kind of to your point, Milwaukee's – one of their biggest successes was Giannis at the five and Portis at the four. And what that allowed them to do was be a little more switch-heavy because they would be more selective on their switches, and I thought that that was something – that really helped turn the series for them because, like, they were switching Giannis onto Paul, but they were mixing in some drops. And they were doing a lot of kind of interesting things when Giannis was at the five and they were trying to get, you know, Brooke a little bit higher on the level and Giannis can play a little more freely. I think kind of Giannis playing the five in that spot and kind of leaving Portis on, on the lesser of the two evils defensively was kind of really helpful for them. And then on offense, obviously, everything that you mentioned and kind of gets a guy like him open looks, right? You don't, wanna, you don't want him to have to create so much. You want to give him the opportunities for him to hit shots with the defense already bent. So that I do agree with you. I do think Miami has enough juice on offense, theoretically, if they get the right guard, that they can do that. If you get a guy who can kind of help your offense a little bit as a shooter and as a downhill guy, I do think that Bobby's going to get a lot of nice looks in the corners from, from the wing. And Miami is really good at kind of swinging the ball around once they get that initial help on defense. I'm actually really curious as to how they use him. So, like, with Deadman, they, you know, when Deadman plays backup five, and I'm sure Bobby will play a lot of backup five if he's here, you know, they have Deadman in a really deep, almost Brook Lopez like drop a lot of the times. But a lot of times they bring him up to the level. Sometimes, uh, Tiff, one of the things I thought was interesting about Deadman is that they, they really started integrating traps with him, right? right. More so than right. with Bam. So, I think that's a way. And, and Milwaukee's done that some with Bobby, and, and he does have some length. So, I'm just trying to think out loud. I'm trying to think of the ways that they can work. So if they kind of use them more, you know, in those kind of roles, you know, a little bit higher up, not so deep in a drop, a little bit, some, some traps that Miami likes to do to kind of get the ball off of, of the ball handler and play the passing lanes. I think that they can make it work if he's next to Bam because Bam and Jimmy are that good on defense. Um, so I just, I just worry how about many rebound, How many rebounds did he average? Not a lot. I mean, then he's what, a big what are we dude, but... About? Like, he plays see, on the perimeter a lot. Like so. this is my thing. We're still we're still getting away from what we actually need. If he's on the perimeter, like what's like what's happening? Like this team has this team has so many holes, and to just like throw an entire MLE at a guy who might get you three rebounds, <laughs> like no, I, I I like I honestly feel like this is Goonies. This is a booby trap. We're not doing that. If they do that, they lost out on a lot of people. This is a booby trap. What I mean, I don't think he'll go for for that. So this season, he averaged. I'll pull. I have the rebounding numbers up. 
He averaged seven rebounds a game. That's not bad. That's that's not bad, but that's more than they got out of any other power forwards. Right. I'll say that. But it's also in a vacuum because look at who he's playing with. Look at the height, the length, the stoutness, the bigness of the team he's playing with. So I like I like what Adam in our chat said. He goes, "Who is missed out on a lot of people?" Because I think that's kind of the conversation, and we've had this a ton about the market for power forwards is really dry. There's not a lot. It's a lot of like washed up guys and like older guys that you take a chance on it or guys just like totally out of their price range because they're not going to have then they're just guys that won't go for the MLE. So if they so the argument has been for Bobby to kind of give them the MLE would be well, I mean, if you look at the market for fours, there's not a lot of them, right? It's a lot of auto porters a lot of Nick Batum's. Now, I'd rather have those guys on the cheap than throw... Yeah, I'd rather, much rather have yeah. either of those guys. Yeah, me too. Than, than throw all that money at Bobby. But the other argument is, well, Bobby's younger and, and, and you know, we we just saw him be good. So that would be the thing. I mean, I, I, Tiff, I think, Jack, we're, we're on the same page. I didn't like, just we'd rather see have him those veterans. do shit. I saw Giannis do shit. I saw Drew do <laughs> shit. But I this is what I'm saying. Shit. I, like, Portis is a nice player, but let's a, not act like he had anything to do with what happened. But we're also talking about a guy that, like, I don't even think he's missing one of the key. He's missing one of the key components that the Heat need. They need backline defense. Yeah, that's my question. For I think you, they need is, more point. I don't think they. Do you think they need backline defense? What, what they is need the both. They need like? both. What is the lineup you can't just have Bam like alone. with Bobby Portis next year? And do you think they can win a title? Like Kyle Lowry, let's say it's Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, Bobby Portis, and Bam Adebayo. What it, a team with that starting lineup? Where do they cap out? I think that they need a better starting four, in my opinion. I think they need I think a little. A, bit. I think that's a second round out. I don't think that's a second round out. I think that they can get to the conference final. Like I would like them over Philly. For example, right? Like I, I, I think I would like them over every team except Milwaukee or the Nets. So even the Nets, on, I said Milwaukee or so the, the Nets. Milwaukee and the Nets. Yeah, so I mean, depending on how the seeding works out, you know, um, I, you, I think you need, I, I think rolling the dice on a guy like Batum or on a guy like Otto Porter, I, I'm a little more comfortable just because it's a little cheaper. And if something becomes available later, you can kind of maybe snag them in a trade. Although Bobby at an MLE number is a nice chunky trade salary, right? And, you know, we always need those. Yeah, but it's also just kind of like I keep, like, trying to sway the conversation from, like, oh, they can always be moved. Like, I think you need to set yourself up for the trade deadline because they won't have You need to set yourself up to win. No, I know, but, like, you also, if something's available at the trade deadline, why can't you try to set yourself up to win and – Right, but like, with contracts. Don't, wanna, don't go into a Bobby Portis signing and thinking, oh, if it doesn't work, he can always just be moved. Like, it's too cavalier to be just like bringing these guys in who aren't the pieces that you essentially need and just say, all right, well, if it doesn't work, we can just move them. I, I don't, I don't disagree. It's just kind of how the Heat operate. I don't. I'm with you and I'm not with you because I, I do think that they're at their best when they're flexible and I think that they will always get in the conversation for a deal. And I think that Miami has uh, – one of the things you can say they've done a good job at, uh, which they haven't done much <laughs> as a front office that you can point to, 
especially in those Dion years. But what they have done is give themselves enough contracts at movable salaries to get in the conversation for some trade talks. And I, and I think that that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's what you need, right? You need, you know, the only reason that they're in conversations for these kind of big stars is because they have that Andre contract because they have that Goran Dragic contract without them. They literally can't make those kinds of trades work. So I think it's important to always have deals like that on your roster because you're going to need to cobble up salary if something becomes available. Now, I get what you're saying, Tiff. You just can't get into deals for the sole reason of you're just signing living, breathing trade exceptions. I totally understand that. I do think you, as an organization, they need to find a balance because that's just how they team build. That's how they've always done it with free agents and with trades. That is like how, I mean, from Shaq to Zoe to Timmy to LeBron and Bosch and Goran and Jimmy, it's always been that. It's always been trades and free agency. And Dwayne and Ronnie Cycli are really the only cornerstones that they've drafted. So, and of course, Justice better. Also, well, that's fucked up. Bam's on the team. but uh. I, just said, I just said Bam. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No, yeah, we kind of muttered it after Ronnie Cycli, and that's disrespectful. <laughs> um, I'll say to your point. I'll say to your point there. Ethan asked a question um, the other day on his, on Five Reasons Sports um, that can the Heat put together an, a contender this offseason sponsored by Miami Grill? Um, and <laughs> I think most sixty three percent of people said yes. I said no. I don't think there's a chance in hell that they can put together a contender this offseason. But I do think they can put together a contender partially this offseason and then partially at the deadline. Um, I think that's just going to be how they're going to have to do it. I don't think they're going to be able to knock out every single positional need they they have this offseason. So, I mean, if your idea is raising Portis's value or, you know, whatever and just maybe trading him if he doesn't work out at the deadline – I can get behind that a little bit, but to Tiff's point, I would much rather just find a guy who fits a little better. But there's not money in the market is is kind of the point. So you might as well use the money to kind of get a salary that you can move because right now the market's nothing. So if you don't use the MLE, you just you just lose it. You don't you don't get to use it later, right? You're not this is there's no point. You might as well use it. Well, and I also no. That part I agree with. Right, we, I agree with that, but it's also just kind of like um, all these things with him and with any other player 
are contingent upon this team handling the backcourt. So it's like you bring Bob, let's say you do bring in Bobby Portis, right? And then you don't you don't land one of these point guards or what have you. You just it's just it just seems to me like we're all we're putting like the cart before the horse. Like none of this matters if you don't get a point guard. And I'm being completely honest. No, I I, I agree, but I mean like you know we've talked a lot about about guards, so it's right. Like, but he wanna... but he's in particular one that needs like he needs. He's not doing anything on his own. He's not creating. He's not. He's, he's a not doing player. any of that. He's a role player, right? But as a role player, if you're going to give him that entire exception, like you need somebody that could do something. Like, come on. I'm going to read you the names, <laughs> the top names on Spotrack that are free agents at the forward spot. Kawhi, not happening. Otto Porter, Iguodala. Kelly Oubre, James Johnson, Will Barton, Justice Winslow, Kelly Olenek, Trevor Ariza, Paul Millsap, DJJ, Montrez Harrell, Cristiano Felicio, PJ Tucker, Jermichael Green, Doug McDermott, Bealizia, Trey Lyles, Laurie Marketin, Mike Scott, Reggie Bullock, Stanley Johnson, Nicolo Melli, Bobby Portis, Mo Harkless, James Ennis, Patrick Patterson, DJ Wilson, John Collins, Jared Dudley, Jeff Green, Carmelo Anthony, Nick Batum, Markeith Morris, Solomon I, Hill, Tori Craig. I, I, it's a I'm lot of people. You get the that. point. I, Right, you but get I'm the taking, point. but I'm taking a lot of those before I'm taking him. I mean, but yeah, it's I like heard four names right there. James exactly. is one. Yeah. I'd rather have yeah. Corey Craig. I'd rather yeah. have um, yeah. What you went way too quickly, but the point yeah. is, I mean, there were a lot like, of names. It was kind of just the point that they're not going to find like a one and all because I mean, as no, good as but the, but there's a difference though. Like, but there is a difference with what you just said. Like, for instance, listen, I I I'll take a Tory Craig. Because at the end of the day, he's gonna get he can get out there and get some boards, he can get you some defense, and that's what, what needs to be happening. Like somebody's gotta do the dirty work. You gotta get somebody that can play hard defense and want rebounds and not care about shooting. So the ball. you do you would you prefer less of a scorer at that four spot and more if of like br- a yeah. if you're yes, if you're getting me some guards that can score. Plus you got Jimmy, plus you got Bam. I'll take someone who's hard nosed, who wants the rebounds, who wants to play defense, and who can occasionally get out on the break. I'll take it. To me, um, I'm just imagining Sexton is still high on my list of options for the Saucies, and I know Tiff is a little lower on Sexton than I am, but if you're getting somebody like that, I don't want Bobby Portis on right. the team. <laughs> Just because I want – here's the thing. We watch the Bucks. A lot of people shat on them all year um, because offensively they're not the most dazzling team. But you watch that team defensively, and they put on the clamps. People gave Drew a lot of shit for his inconsistent shooting, but he locked up Devin Booker. Like, yeah. he put that guy in a locker. It was embarrassing. And Justice would have never gotten guarded like that, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> a point for another day. Um, but my, I would, I don't know. I think I just being a Heat fan, being a Spo fan, I just skew defensively in how I'd like to build a title team. And when you already have two generational defenders, you're so close to being able to build a team like the Bucks just built. That's just impossible to score on at times. And if you're just filling out the rest of the roster with liabilities, 
you're just making Bam and Jimmy do so much extra work just to reach, you know, just to reach like an average level of defense. And, you know, I don't know if you can be this wonderful offensive juggernaut. I mean, they have some talent here and there and suppose a brilliant offensive coach, but I think you're closer defensively. And that would be, I think, just given their current personnel, how your bread is buttered. So give me somebody who can just add to what Jimmy and Bam are doing on the defensive end. And then give me, like, one other score. Like, give me Sexton, and then give me somebody who can guard somebody on the at the four spot. Like, I don't know. I like P.J. Tucker. <laughs> I know he's old as shit. He's, like, 50 years old, but... Um, right. I'm, I wouldn't be mad if you brought I him would, in. I wouldn't hate but, it. I, I wouldn't hate it, but it's like, if if you feel like you can get these scoring guards, then go get a four that can play defense and rebound. I think they need to shoot. I think they need to James shoot. James Ennis can shoot. The way that Miami runs their offense, they need him to shoot because but you I, can't shoot. You can't. You can't get somebody that can shoot but can't defend on the other end. Like at some point, that I think if they improve real fast, if, if they improve the point of attack defense, I do think that a lot of their their defenses. I mean, they were a top ten defense this year. But how like, are they going to do that? Like, against the Bucks, they the the defense wasn't the issue; it was their offense, right? So, like, I, and and it's weird because the last two seasons have been really funky. They've had a very similar team both years, and one season they were a top; they were literally seventh in offense, and then last year they were seventh in defense, and then the year before their defense was bad, and this year their offense was bad. So, with the same team, we've seen the two extremes of what they can be. So, I don't really, you know, like they have been able to cover up for their defensive kind of woes, their lack of, of kind of containing dribble penetration, because I think that they're the best help team in the league. They have these guys that are incredible in help situations. They love getting in rotation. They love flying around. They disrupt everything in the passing lanes. And I think they have that down to an art. Now, if you add a guy who can kind of stay in front of somebody at the guard spot, now you could stay home on the shooters, which was your issue, right? You were just bleeding corner threes and they were able to mostly survive that. I think in the book series that reared its head a little bit, but for the most part, if you can get a guy that can stay in front of guards and you can kind of keep Bam a little bit more in drop, now you can kind of stay home on those shooters. You can help a little more selectively, still get in the passing lanes and fix all that. I think if your guy at the four is a little deficient, I think you can survive on that just because of the way they play defense. They won't have him in help spots. They like Jimmy in those help situations. They like Jimmy at the nail. They like Jimmy kind of stunting from the from the corner line inward. They you know you want Bam in the play at all times. So you can hide a guy at the four, and I think that you can survive as long as he can shoot and rebound. I think um, he doesn't have to like. That's why I, I I've kind of come around on Portis a little bit. Because I do think that they can survive with Bobby, and if they do target him, my issue is him as a starter, right? And that just becomes the money of the MLE, but kind of earlier, they they can just try to move that if it becomes an issue. But that's kind of where I am with their four spot. I think, Tiff, we're in total agreement, and Jack, I think you as well. They need to address guard first, but we've talked about that a ton. So I'm just thinking, like, what do they do for power forward? And I think their move at guard will then inform everything else. Because if it's Colin, it's ve- they have to build the team very differently because you just can't roll Duncan, Colin, and then a bad defender at the four. Right? That's there, my point. There you need change. Yeah. Right, right. That's I, I think my biggest if you have fear. Duncan or Sexton, it, and especially if you have both, then 
you have to find some you have to go defense first at the next position and that's how I'd like to solve this team I'd like to have an offensively minded guard I know Kyle Lowry can do a little bit of both but I'd also I'm really in on getting Sexton or somebody of that ilk obviously if it's like Alonzo Ball the math changes entirely and then I would say maybe skew offensively at the four position but I it, you're even agreeing that Bobby can't start, so that's where my right. question is: is then who is your starting four? I mean, he would he would start, right? I he, just wouldn't but feel he's comfortable. Just, I'm not in a, comfortable in a game him. seven of. A, I'm not of comfortable a, with him starting in the regular season. No, they can they can live with him starting the regular season, but I, I think you kind of get with some of the Ariza things where Ariza, like you just you need a little bit of a better player kind of at your four spot if you listen their top end talent is just not what milwaukee and it's not what that's what but that's what i was saying to you earlier as to why it's like you want to throw all of this at him when our top end talent isn't giving off what my uh what milwaukee just gave off they just don't have options so it makes it so it just makes it a little complicated you know if they have options they they have a ton of options. You just gave off you rattled off a whole list of Oh, things. I like those more. I mean, you know, we're we're just having a conversation right, right now. They just gotta figure out how this team is gonna be constructed. Cause just because you have Jimmy and Bam, you may have to change your whole offensive scheme. Like you we have no idea how any of this is gonna work. Because technically they need how many new starters? I think just one, one or two. Just one or two, because like if they bring back the same team and they just have Lowry at starter and they keep Ariza and they let's say they get a guy like Batum and he comes off the bench for the regular season, I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm okay with that. You're just not winning shit, right? You're not winning anything. But I I think it goes back to Jack's point. It's like I think that they can kind of put the building blocks for a contender and then kind of as the season goes. In, at the deadline, you know, or at the buyout market, you know, get a guy who can start and kind of help you out. I mean, we just saw it. <laughs> we saw a lot of that. I mean, PJ Tucker was a buyout guy, really helped the Bucks, uh, was starting for them, right? You know, the, the Blake Griffin, as much as we made fun of him on the show, especially me, uh, he really helped uh, Brooklyn. So, I mean, you know, they, they're going to have their, their – if they're a good team, they're going to have their choice of guy. You know what I mean, and they're gonna if they keep if they hold on to the biannual exception, like they did last year, they're gonna be able to not only give somebody the most money, they're probably gonna be able to give somebody a really nice role, a starting role, um, and all that stuff. So, you know, they they don't have to build the whole thing now, right? You you don't you don't got to build the whole car. No, you don't. But what you do need to do is get a driver. Yes, that is. I think we're all in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> and pick up they the need an engine they have the right. engine they have right. the engine they have the engine they need a driver and then they can pick up passengers along the way they got wheels <laughs> they got an end they just need a driver they don't have wheels no they don't have the speed no they don't have the speed they need so somebody is, with wheels and who's the engine is bam the engine or is jimmy the engine um i'm gonna be honest bam is the engine jimmy is the pistons i was gonna say is jimmy the transmission Jimmy is the shell, and Bam is <laughs> what is Duncan the tailpipe? Duncan, is Duncan the is... AC because he's a luxury. Are we keeping like that's what I'm all, all these things? I'm just like, what happens? Like 
because in the next like what couple of weeks we're we're gonna have a real framework of what they're working with once free agents start leaving. I mean, and and also the guys that are playing in the Olympics that could come back better. Like I don't know how much you can count on those guys, but you know, my guy, my guy Vincent. KZ Akpala, Precious Achua, they can come back, I think, as like legitimate rotation players for your bench. And if you can bring back Ariza, I- I'm actually really curious as to what happens with Ariza. Because I like him. I, I think, think off the situationally, bench, he makes sense. Yes, situationally, I like him. Like I he's he's a hard worker. He's just small. So if he's coming off the bench with the second unit, I think that's a I think that's a good look. I think there's just a few guys on this team that they're going to have to like try to keep in house. I think they got to try to keep him. They got to try to keep Deadman. Like these are just the Gabe Vincent. I think you need to try to bring him back. Like there's just a few guys that like you need off that bench. So, I think if, if there's a big fish that they're trying to land then precious is gone. So there's no, there's no, even no conversation about that. I mean, well, they have their backup big set, right? Like Deadman, I think, is going to be the guy who who plays their backup center spot. And, you know, pending a Tyler trade, you know, you can you have Tyler off the bench with Deadman and a guy like Ariza. And then you can, you know, or, or Vincent or whoever, you kind of build out your bench that way. I do think they probably need one kind of – if Tyler has a bounce-back season, then this is moot. But I do think they need a little bit more scoring punch off the bench. And I know oh, they're yeah. going to stagger their guys. And we've talked the, the Jimmy Deadman minutes, right? Bam sits, Jimmy come, Deadman comes in. They play together. Uh, they can really extend leads like that. And, you know, I, I think at the end of the season, Spo kind of figures some things out rotationally. I think just the guys run out of gas. But, you know, they – I think they're probably – once they add a starting four and a point guard, I think you want a little bit of scoring punch off the bench if Tyler's not going to be able – if Tyler and Dragic can't provide that. And I think that you're pretty set. And at that point, you're just kind of filling out very situational holes of your roster. But I, I like the framework that they have if they can kind of secure those two starting roles. The, the, the four and the one. And the four and the one. Yeah. I, I just like to get that, to get that, to get that, that guard, you just, you just have, you just, I've come to the conclusion that you're getting a a free out then Tyler gone. So that's all that's low off to your bench. Chat's asking if they're gonna keep Tyler, give him a chance. I mean I, I think if, if a trade you're, becomes if you're doing a trade, let's say it in college there's no world you keep Tyler here with a trade. There's no world what you broke up a little bit. I'm there's no way in the world that you're not going to be able you, – you're going to have to trade Tyler to get a Colin Sexton or if you're yeah, going yeah. to – you know, so I'm saying, like, that's a blow. Yeah, that's a blow to your bench already. The Lowry thing's going to be interesting if he comes out outright. I mean, I think all signs point to sign and trade. I haven't seen a lot of people say just outright in free agency, which I thought was it, – it's kind of interesting, but I understand Brian talked a little bit about it last podcast – that the Heat are going to want to be an over-the-cap team so they can have, you know, all their all their salary cap ammunition with exceptions and stuff like that. So that that would make a little bit of sense, and they would not want to renounce Duncan. So to get to the $27 million range in, in cap space, they would need to renounce Duncan's $4 million cap hold, which I just don't think that they want to do. Duncan right. is also a restricted free agent, so they can match. 
So depending on what teams want to pay him, you know, Miami can opt to keep him, which I, I think it's very likely they do. Now, I'm not reporting that or anything, just judging from what, you know, people have reported and talked about and alluded and just how the Heat just generally operate. I, I'm not, I'd be surprised if, if they don't keep him. Um, may, unless they, they use him in a sign and trade for, for something good, right? So, like, that that's right. kind of the scenario I can see him leaving. They... Fun off season ahead. Drafts. When's the draft? The draft's soon, right, Jack? It's got to be soon. They're selling tickets to it. Is it in Brooklyn again? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, it's Thursday, July twenty ninth. They don't have to do shit at the draft. They don't have any picks. Yeah. Um, no, but you know what happens at the draft is when people start trading and you know dominoes start falling. Yeah, I mean that's when they would probably get Sexton, right? Um, Right, That's because what you, people are saying if like they're getting Cleveland. the first, if Cleveland gets that first pick and they get the, do they have the first pick? Wait, is it July twenty um, ninth or is it August second? People are saying different things. No, Who's Cleveland has what the third or the fourth pick. The third pick, right? Okay. Yeah, July twenty ninth. The Raptors have the fourth pick. It's Pistons. Who has two? Um, is it New Orleans? Um, that doesn't sound right. Is that true? Um, draft order. Tom, Is, I know says the Pistons have the first. Three. Who has three? Cleveland has if, three. Yeah. But who has two? It's, um. Is it New Orleans? This is riveting. <laughs> well, on, so, I'm, just, I'm Googling. I'm Googling. I'm Googling. Right, because okay. it's just interesting because that just like Houston, Houston has two. Okay, Detroit, Houston, so if Cleveland, Houston Toronto, takes Orlando. Mobley, then, um, then, then I mean, I mean, it seems like the Cavs are pretty. They like Green, right? Yeah, like Green and Suggs are the. It's like a four-person draft. It's like it's Cunningham by a mile, and then Mobley's really great. And then Green and Suggs are really great as well. I know people like Green a lot more than Suggs. I think they're all great. I, I'm a big Mobley fan. But, you know, like, let's say the Houston really likes Green a lot and they take Green second. And then the Cavs take Mobley. Then, like, I don't think we're getting Sexton at all. Like, I don't think we have a shot at Sexton at, at that point. Like, if they're not taking a guard in the draft. Right, right. Because they would need to take a guard to move him. I'm, yeah. looking at the, I'm looking at the draft order, and at Oklahoma City picks at 18th from Miami via LA Clippers, Philadelphia, and Phoenix. That fucking pick, man. It's been around the I think the that's world. one of the Dragic picks that has gone everywhere. This is the very famous Dragic pick. The, the this 2021 is, yeah. Miami pick. This is this the, is the greatest asset in the history of the NBA. Yeah, that was the one that Zach Lowe said Miami is in uh, what no man's land or in the worst position yeah. in the league, and that this was the yeah they they treated this heat pick like it was a fucking king's pick or some shit. Hey, I mean, it turned out to be a better pick than we thought it would have been. Like it's you know it's not a good pick, but it is borderline. It's the lottery. 18th pick in the draft. Get out of here. No, but like. If you had asked last year, we would have said, like, it's going to be, like, the 25th pick in the draft. So, like, mm. yeah, I think if you're if you're the team getting it, you feel a little lucky based on the Heat underperforming this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, just to kind it's of, not a good pick. Just to kind of go back full circle, at this point, 
I don't really care who like brings in the four if they can fix the backcourt. So if Bobby Portis is sitting on that bench and they've got two high quality guards out there, I don't care. It's going to be a fun summer. It's going to be a really fun <laughs> off season. We're going to have coverage for you. Wall to wall draft, free agency, uh, Team USA, all that fun stuff. My US Women's National Team lost at four thirty in the morning to Sweden. Huge blow. Woo! What do you mean woo? So okay, so explanation <laughs> for the audience, I guess, is anytime any US sport happens, G goes on this big thing about how he hates US sports, and you know US Women's National Team is his one exception, but. Somebody has to counter that. Yeah. Somebody has to be fully negative about all U.S. sports. Serena, Beyond Coco, Simone Biles, and Katie Ledecky. Co- <laughs> Serena, Coco, and the U.S. Women's National Team. Those are the exceptions. That's fucked up. Katie and Simone should be. I don't. I don't. I didn't know who Katie Ledecky was until the other day. But you know who Simone Biles? I know is. who Simone Biles the is, but I'm not going to be out living. here pretending to care about gymnastics. It's I mean, she's the goat. She's, she's great. Greatness. She, you know, she's in, she's incredible. I I do think that was funny that that video of her boyfriend lying that he didn't know who she was. That was funny. Even I knew who she was. I didn't see that. Did you guys see the video while we were talking? Yeah, cancel G. I agree with that. But <laughs> yeah. the video while we were talking, Giannis was in the Chick-fil-A drive-thru this morning um, getting like a 50-piece chicken nugget. He could do better. Than he could He's do better delightful. Than I love him. I'm so happy for him. He's delightful. I want to get – I hope Alf is available to talk so he can shit talk the Popeye's chicken nuggets. Are the Popeye's chicken nuggets? I haven't had them. I just know Alf, Alf can has you get strong in here opinions and, on them. Alf, can you get in here and give a, a Popeye's chicken nugget take before we get out of here? Okay, here he is. Oh, he's had them? No, First he just all, has strong opinions on Popeye's chicken. Well, first of all, I think it's racist that the only time you've asked me a question is about fried chicken. Wow. Yeah, Jack. <laughs> Don't do that to me. You know what I'm talking That's about. That's the problem. <laughs> Mr. Sydney, are you nice. a first-time caller? First-time caller, long-time listener. Very offended. Um, but I, as far as Popeye's chicken is concerned, overrated, um, like Chris Middleton. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'll take – I just tried to throw a basketball take in there. Uh, but overrated, uh, that chicken sandwich was trash. Um, it was like Crash. a good chicken sandwich, sandwich with a bunch of salt on it. Uh, it was gross. Um, and Popeye's chicken. Overall, the only thing good at Popeye's is the biscuits. Um, and yeah, that's my take. Wow, people, people mm-hmm. love the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Is it that See, bad? That was a hot take, and that's that is what a hot I take. was talking about. That's the best take that we've had on the show the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was that was <laughs> Meanwhile, we could have been talking Popeyes, but yet we're talking Bobby Portis. I've never eaten at a fast food chicken establishment. What? Never. That's your that's your loss, G. I've that's always I've up. always been a Puerto Tropical person, so I do that's, chicken on the I, grill. How is that not a fast food chicken? I said fried chicken establishment. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A fried chicken establishment. I've I've never eaten at Popeyes, KFC, and what's the other one? KFC is garbage. Don't eat it. I mean, there's a lot of them. There's churches, there's uh, yeah, uh, Canes, you've got Zaxby's, you've got a lot of um, those aren't in Miami Chick-fil-A. though. You've never churches been to are in Broward. I have not been to Pollos Hermanos. Chat. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm a Pollo Tropical lifer. Wait, uh, have you been to PDQ? I, I like that. I, I know the stat. I, I've never been to the restaurant. Well, the, those have nothing to do with each other. PDQ is okay. good. I, I like PDQ. Okay. Um, it, the, hi, guys. Zaxby's is also good. Bye, Al. Yeah. Hi, Al. Hi, no, I said hi. 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 Oh, I have a oh. quick comment. Uh, first time, long time. Thank um, you. Thanks for taking my call. Churches is terrible. Like, that yeah. is, honestly. Churches that is, is dark. Food. That's, like, like the worst not, one. Yeah, churches is gutter food. Like, do not eat churches. If you're at a function and they provide churches chicken, those people don't like you. They don't <laughs> care about you and they don't love you. Um, exactly. Raising Cane's is by far the best chicken tender in the world. Um, this it's is not disputable. Uh, it shits on Guthrie's. Um, and that's all I got. Thanks. Thank you. Thank, thank, thank you for the Cane's call. is great. Thank you for the call. Cane's is very great. Um, <laughs> I love Cane's. Chicken Express is kind of garbage, but like low key better than a lot of other more expensive chicken chains. There are a lot of great about, fried chicken chains here. Go to PDQ. You, Gee, you're in PDQ country. How do you feel about the Wendy's chicken sandwich? I've had that. Oh, I think it's good. I think I Wendy's is a very a good, good chicken sandwich. Yeah. Tiff? Tiff, Tiff, you've been quiet. You've been quiet on chicken. Okay, yeah. Tiff's breaking up. Well, I think I think that's the natural conclusion. Why, and why, you, why are you huh? asking me about why are you asking me about? Because you've been quiet. Because you you've been you've been okay. Well, yeah, we have a call. Hey, uh, hey guys! First time, long time. Hi. Um, <laughs> thank you. The the Chick Fil A chicken sandwich is by far the best chicken sandwich that there is. If you can get past the racism and uh, the homophobe, yeah. So yeah. if you so. if you eat it. You're canceled. You are what you eat. Um, I wouldn't go that far because honestly, that's just stop so paying for it, Al. Stop spending your money, there was a Al. Clans- stop, stop, stop waiting in those lines, Al. <laughs> if there was a Klansman making my sandwich, I would still eat it. Um, because that shit is fake. Alf, you're canceled. Well, I have some news for you about Kane's chicken, and about the founder. Then, well, there's it's no Kane's here, and I don't eat it, and I know racist as fuck. I feel bad every time I go Raising to public. Raising KKK. Exactly. I know exactly what it is. But there's no canes here. I don't, know if I don't know if the family is racist. I'm sorry. Alf, what? Racist. Alf, you're canceled for two weeks. I, listen. <laughs> I'll just think take about two it. weeks off think, anyway. And I'm going to enjoy the hell out of Chick-fil-A in that time. You'll come you back what, a new man. When, I, when we do our live watch party and I come down there, if I even see you thinking about that damn slap the head right next I'm, season. A, I'm going to I'll clean out my <laughs> next season when we do right, watch guys. parties we're going to serve church's chicken for everybody it's going to be a great time